Ladies and gentlemen, warning, spoilers ahead. BMX bandits, they're wild in the streets, in the chase to end all chases. It's thrills and spills. It's fast and furious fun. There's only one word to describe it. Good evening, and welcome to television. Hello. Hello. Hey. Hey. Hi. Hi. Whoa. I'm Wayne Stellini, and welcome to Fred Watch, where we view and review everything from the mainstream to the obscure. Here we go again with another lockdown, so it's only fitting that we have another Fred Watch lockdown special. Staying together while we're keeping ourselves apart, it is my absolute pleasure to welcome the one and only Kendall Richardson. Oh, stop it. Thanks <laughs> for having me back, Rain. Always a, a pleasure. pleasure. Always a pleasure. Yeah. Well, it's been a while because we're in lockdown now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It has been a while. We've been busy and then busy being inside, doing the right thing. And yeah, but you know, what, what better time to have a lockdown special than right now? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. We let a few <laughs> lockdowns go by. <laughs> we won't need to do another special. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, it's fine. It's fine. We'll make them, we'll make the people wait. Absolutely. We'll It'll fine. You know, some a snap lockdown here, there. No, that's, that's perfectly no. fine. Yeah. Yes, nah. totally fine. No, no. <laughs> yes. Nah. We're, we're waiting for lockdown six. It's yes, okay. We're, we're waiting for variants. Yes. Yes. <laughs> that's what we're waiting variants. for. Okay. Well, here, uh, here yes. we are. Here we are. Here we are. Here we are. We're back. And I am curious, Wayne, what film might we be reviewing today? Well, Kendall, today we're reviewing 1983's classic Australian crime action caper, BMX Bandits. Please explain. BMX enthusiasts Judy, Nicole Kidman, PJ, Angelo D'Angelo, and Goose, James Lugton, find themselves on the wrong side of a gang of bank robbers, led by the boss, Brian Marshall, after they steal a box of police band walkie-talkies that the crooks were hoping to use in their next job. Pursued by the incompetent Whitey, David Argue and Mustache, John Lay, to get the walkie-talkies back, it's Kids versus Crims, as Judy, PJ and Goose try to evade the robbers and bring them to justice. Nominated for four actor awards, BMX Bandits' director, Brian Trenchard-Smith, aimed to make a fun and cartoonish caper for children that channeled the British Ealing comedies of the 1950s and 60s, using the Sydney landscape to put BMX bikes where they weren't meant to be. The film was popular amongst its target audience in the 1980s, and even the UK's Guardian newspaper wrote at the time that there's a girl called Nicole Kidman who's rather good. But Kendall, <laughs> did you get on your bike for BMX Bandits? It made me want to get on my bike. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't even own one. No, I couldn't help but flash back to my childhood a little bit. I used to go bike riding a lot growing up. Me and my brother, there was like a, a, a bike track not too far from us that mm. would actually go to sort of a dirt, like a BMX, BMX sort of dirt track where you could do jumps and, and tricks and stuff. And yeah, so I was like having mad flashbacks, except that was in the 90s, not in the 80s. Like this glorious film <laughs> is so clearly set. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I had a lot of fun watching this. I went in with low expectations because I was like, well, 
I never really heard anyone rave about BMX Bandits to me before. <laughs> no, one's, no one's said, oh, you have to watch it. It's essential. But no one ever said it was trash either. So I was just like, okay, let's go in. Low expectations. Just enjoy the ride, pun intended. And uh, yeah, and I, and I did. Like, you know, I, I don't watch... Uh, I don't watch many Aussie films or TV shows really. And, you know, doing, doing these lockdown specials is a nice excuse to, to uh, acquaint myself further with Australian cinema and, uh, you know, and especially a film that's kind of notorious in Nicole Kidman's filmography, I think. <laughs> I, I think I read that it's her second theatrical film she ever did. That's correct, um, yeah. Bush Christmas yeah, was yeah. her first film. Yeah, this yeah. This was her second, came yeah. out. Yeah, they both came out basically around the same time or something, I think. That's great. the same year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's pretty cool. But no, I had a lot of fun. I had a lot of fun watching this. Like, you know, uh, her performance in it is really good. You know, I love just the the chemistry with the three three kids. Like, they get along immediately because they they don't even know Judy. And then Mm. basically they end up feeling bad because they kind of lost her her job, but not really. Yeah, and then they're just, you know, they just bond immediately over their shared love for, for BMX bikes and find themselves tangled up with Sydney's criminal underbelly. But yeah, no, it's it, it's it's fun. Yeah, I, I enjoyed it. Wayne, what did what did like how did you feel? I know you've seen this before. Did it did uh, any memories of your first viewing come back or did it feel like you were watching it for the first time? Yeah, it actually felt like the first time. So I am a child of the eighties, but this wasn't a movie that was a part of my childhood. It was something that I watched maybe very late teens or early twenties, even or like, you know, as, as, as a young adult, uh, because I came across it on DVD and just borrowed it because like you've said, it has this reputation and it has a reputation now because Nicole Kidman has such a prominent role in it. And she doesn't like to discuss the movie. I think she's quite embarrassed by it now. And oh, really? That's a bit unfortunate because I think overall yeah. it's a it's a it's a it's a pretty good movie. Like I have to say, I think for what it sets out to do, it achieves quite well. No, it's not perfect, but I'll be perfectly honest. We see a lot of wonderful A-listers who thrive in Hollywood now, and we look back at their first movie role. I can tell you right now, Miss Kidman, you got nothing to be embarrassed about <laughs> compared to yeah. some of your colleagues. <laughs> <laughs> This is true. Yep. <laughs> no, there's there's no there's no issues there. But similar to you, I was thinking about times that I would go out on my bike with my brother and my cousins, and uh, we live not too far from a quarry, and that was our playground for a brief period because that was completely safe. Oh, yeah, totally. <laughs> right. The eighties. <laughs> yes, when you could just sort of let loose. And this film is very much a product of its time. And I don't think that that's a bad thing at all. Now, it is intentionally made for children. So there's some tropes in there that make it very kid-friendly. But it's not the sort of film that you would make scene for scene today for children. And I think the thing that would most back up my statement on that is that opening scene of the robbery. Because it's Mm. so... It's quite confronting, actually. Like, I know it's sort of played for laughs, but you've got these the these robbers as the big bad wolf and the three little pigs, which is cute and funny. But, you know, if you're quite a young child and children are not as exposed <laughs> to as much um, aggression, I suppose, 
Like they've got access to a lot of things, but if you look at children's films and children entertainment, it's very watered down. It keeps them in cotton wool. I guess we're letting kids be kids a bit longer and not too (laughs) worried about the big bad world, but just, you know, all those guns and rifles and things like that. You wouldn't see Mm -hmm. that in a kid's films these days. And one could argue that's a good thing. One could argue that's a bad thing. I'm not going to go into that discussion at all. I'm just saying that this is what it was like in the 80s for 80s films. And we wouldn't really have them like that these days. Not for the demographic. Even though the kids here are teenagers, you sense that it was still made for an audience that was a bit younger than teens. It was more sort of pre-teen. And I think that that works really well because I think when you've got the kids just a little bit older, they can they can do more things because obviously teenagers are going to have more freedom, more access, more know-how than pre-teens will. And I think that that's reflected a lot in the dynamics between the three leads. You're absolutely spot on. They just gel so well together. Yeah. Nicole Kidman, mm-hmm. Angela D'Angelo and James Lugton, absolute perfection i think the casting Mm -hmm. is fantastic i love all three in this they're great and it allows for some really witty banter as well i have to say the first time that i heard goose (laughs) that really monotone (laughs) voice it's like here is this like 16 year old who sounds like he's 40 and he's got some amazing (laughs) he's got some amazing one-liners like goose is actually my favorite character in this film yeah he might be mine as well yeah Yeah. just played so well but I just love that it's I don't think his voice has been broken for that long because he doesn't really know how to command it that well I don't know but honestly like really like when we first hear him he's got his helmet on and you just think what have they like gotten a 40 year old (laughs) to dub this kid and then as the film goes on you realise it's not like that at all. But you know what? It's just perfect because the kids have got their different personalities. They've got different aesthetics. Uh, so I think then for the audience, you're going to latch on to one or the other. And I do particularly like that Judy really is the centre of a lot of what's happening. And mm-hmm. that's come on with some some rewrites and, and the director's intervention because he wasn't the original director for this film, but he wanted to have the Judy character a bit more prominent. And I think it all works so much better because of it. So I, I don't know. I just, I, I just, I love the casting in this. Mm-hmm. I love the aesthetic. You know, Sydney looks beautiful. Yeah. And they use the landscapes really well. I love the costuming (laughs) in this, especially when once they've sold a few walkie-talkies and they've all got their shiny bikes and matching outfits that complement their bikes. They're almost looking like Power Rangers. You've got their identical colours and things like that. So they're in there just causing havoc and mischief, but in in almost like a superhero way, really, (laughs) because they are are the heroes of this story. So I I thought overall the, the film came together really well. I don't think it's perfect, mind you, but I enjoyed it a lot more than what I remember enjoying it the first time round. And oh, cool. I found it quite charming, actually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Nice. So yeah. So with the casting, um, you know, we've got good guys and bad. We've got our three hero kids, and then we've got the baddies who are purposefully cartoonish and over the top and incompetent but I think that they also do quite well we've got David Argue as Whitey and John Lay as Moustache just 
again, beautifully done. They've obviously got a lot of background in slapstick and in comedy. And I think they, mm-hmm. you can tell they have fun with the material. I think they totally. just sort of ham it up as well. Did you have much thoughts on the baddies? Yeah, yeah. No, I really enjoyed the, the bad guys, especially David Argue as Whitey. Uh, <laughs> he made me laugh so much. Yeah. Like there are a couple of, um, well, I don't know which, which villain it is, but there's a line in the bank robbery scene at the beginning. Uh, one of them says, you're staring death in the face. And this mask of just this pig and it just, the, you know, <laughs> just, it doesn't match. And it's just very funny. And then, and then I think why, I think it's Whitey says, I like red because like the bank tellers are wearing red. That's like, right. Yeah. The way he just says it, I was like, oh my God. But then no, my favorite thing about him was just how over the, like you said, over the top they are. And he is in particular because the way he just kind of squeals a lot. <laughs> just really makes me happy like he just has this kind of absurd kind of cackle squeal scream to him that happens a lot and I love his kind of back and forth with moustache (laughs) just the two of them have just such a good kind of repartee with each other going you're this you're spot on with the slapstick remark like it's it really does kind of feel like that old school duo trying to catch these kids and and, uh, in, in a hilarious and funny way but I really I really did enjoy both of them very much yeah I do have to say that I think Whitey gave me my first laugh out loud moment where I absolutely just lost my shit and wet myself and that was when they were first going into the boat to get the walkie talkies <laughs> that are submerged and Mustache is getting really impatient because Whitey's like collecting his stuff and all that and as soon as Whitey gets into the boat Mustache starts the boat and Whitey just falls into the esky yeah <laughs> Absolutely <laughs> lost my shit. I mean, it is like the most basic and simplistic of slapstick, but I was like, yep, I'm on your side. Yeah. <laughs> and oh, look, I'll be honest, I probably found that a lot more funny than I should have, but I was like, yep, effective. If in doubt, fall over, you get points from me. <laughs> yeah. It was, it was quite effective. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's just some really good moments there as well. One of the other things that I, that I liked and I'd mentioned a bit earlier was the banter between the characters. But for me, especially between the kids, and I think this is why Goose is like my favorite character in this film. He just always has something to say. Yeah. Um, and I think my favourite line from him was when they're hiding out in the cemetery and Moustache and Whitey are, like, pursuing them and they've got those really disturbing and scary masks on, yeah. right? And yeah. PJ's not too sure about who it is and and he's like, oh, you know, they could be policemen. They travel in, two, in, in pairs. And Goose's replies, yeah, so do Mormons. And I just lost my yeah. shit. <laughs> beautiful dry delivery I was so unsure about his voice when I first heard him but once you get to know this character it is the perfect voice the perfect tone for that personality it's absolutely amazing (laughs) totally like James Lockton just this delivery on his dialogue is just phenomenal yeah you know even despite the fact like you know what you're saying about how like he's still coming into his new voice really but he still manages to to find an effective way to be very humorous. One of my favorite things about him in the movie 
was something that then Judy ended up doing later on. And that was mm. when he's starting to tell these like <laughs> stories about scary movies he's seen. Yeah. And and it's just it's just hysterical to me. I love that. Like the way he just goes for it. Like he doesn't it doesn't matter if anyone is actually giving a crap what he's got to say. He's just gonna say it. And then when he and Judy are in in the grave, like in yeah. the ground. And and he's talking about being a zombie and, and the zombie movie and stuff and she's just not having it because it's like really you want to talk about this now like and then and, and he keeps repeating don't worry you're safe with me yeah you know like he says that like three times and then yeah and then we have that kiss that's kind of like really sweet and Judy handles very nicely um so I really kind of like the fact that in the final act of the film we see her kind of take Goose's approach to mm. making herself feel better about her situation and distracting the bad guys in the process. I thought it was really cool. That was so well done as well. I did, I yeah. loved her enthusiasm in using that strategy because you don't yeah. know if Goose uses it himself as a coping mechanism, whether mm-hmm. they're legitimate movies that are reminding him of the situation that he's in because coincidentally, everything that's happened in the movie that he is retelling is kind of reflecting what's happening in real life in some way as well. Yeah. So quite a coincidence, Goose. So I don't know. Mm, a few porcupines <laughs> there, mate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just, just a tad. But again, it just says so much about his personality as well. And I, I, I adore it. And talking about that kiss in the grave, in the open grave there, I, I really liked how that was done. And one thing that I like as well is because when you've got teenagers, you've got boys, you've got a girl, you, your mind automatically goes, oh, you know, Two of them are going to hook up and then you've got a third wheel or whatever. And they almost go into that direction when they are having that conversation, the hole in the ground. And she friend zones him <laughs> pretty quickly, yeah. but in a respectful manner. And yeah. I love that we really only in that moment see a genuine vulnerability because now you get this idea of how he feels about himself compared to PJ. And so then that also explains why Goose is the way he is and how Mm -hmm. he will use his smart mouth as a bit of a coping mechanism. And it's like, okay, well, because he doesn't see himself as being attractive or anything, not compared to PJ anyway. So obviously he amps up this personality and he tries to use humor and wit as his form of being attractive. So again, these are common things that we see in groups of people, how you always try to find your place. And mm-hmm. in that conversation, Judy does admit that she finds PJ attractive, but she is reluctant to say that she wants to, you know, go out with him or anything like that. But she acknowledges, yeah, he's cute, right? Mm-hmm. And she has an embarrassing moment when she realizes that PJ has overheard <laughs> that whole conversation. Yeah. Oh, no. And do you know what I love about that whole thing, though? Mm-hmm. In terms of the story that we have, nothing happens. It's not like PJ bags out Goose for feeling the way he feels or tries to sort of show off even more. It's not like he tries to take advantage of Judy because he's like, oh, she thinks I'm cute. Oh, maybe I'll, you know, be able to kiss her too or anything. It's just a really pure, genuine moment that's actually done with a lot of sensitivity from all of the three characters. And that just adds a type of validity and genuineness to the relationship and I have to say that that for me was like one of the sweetest moments of the mm. film because it could have mm-hmm. easily gone one way or another. And, and a movie that is quite 
cartoonish and outlandish and a bit over the top, that just seems like a very pure moment. And I found it really sweet. Yeah, yeah, you're right. It's, it's, it's totally sweet and it's kind of endearing in a way, especially because, like you said, PJ doesn't then from then on, he's like, mm. right, I'm going to make Judy mine. Yeah. You know? It's never touched on again. No, no. No, no and it's totally fine. Yeah, no one tries to take advantage of anyone's feelings or because it's all out on the table. And if anything, they're probably better friends because of it. Because if there was anything yeah. underlying, it's all out in the open. And I do mm-hmm. have to say, I love from the get-go that even though the boys were not at fault for Judy losing her job, <laughs> right? We've got a, a character just referred to as the creep, <laughs> who is the epitome of wealthy, entitled brats, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> who chases these kids because they stole two of his ice creams, even though he could probably afford to buy the whole truck. <laughs> yeah. The principle of the thing, right? I love the fact that they just feel this sort of duty to cheer her up. This girl that they've only just met um, with, with some milkshakes. Mm. And I, again, it says a lot about these, these boys and it's not like they want anything out of her or anything like that, no. but then they find that they've got the, this, these common interests and bond and they just become friends. Again, it's just this very organic and pure friendship the whole totally. way through. And you just sense mm-hmm. they're going to be friends forever. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and, and we sort of see that come full circle really at the end when the kids are finally rewarded with their own BMX track (laughs) and even better that uh, Judy comes first and gets the biggest uh, trophy too. (laughs) Yeah. That was a nice touch. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, clearly a movie called BMX Bandits is going to feature a lot of bikes (laughs) and a lot of bike sequences. So uh, what did you think about the action sequences, I guess, because there's quite a lot of them. And mm. this is why the, the producers really wanted Brian Trenchard-Smith because he'd done a movie before that had a lot of stunt work and they're like, oh, no, we like what he's done so he can handle these types of scenes well. And when Brian came on board, he actually added a lot more in terms of stunts and, and, and scenarios involving the bikes. And apparently because it's his movie, something has to be blown up and we've got that glorious car blowing up as well. <laughs> Oh my god! I I think I wrote that in my notes. I was like, really, the car that like I mean, it was great. I thought it was a nice kind of little comedic aside, but then the yeah. fact that the car then just exploded. Like they could have just left it with you know the whatever it was having yeah. crushed the car, and that would have been hilarious enough. But then the car has this outrageous explosion. I was just like. All right, then. It's the 80s. Yeah. Why not? It was clearly lined with C4 or something, right? Yeah. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, like that's probably, again, one of the more extreme ones. Look, we could probably argue, even though they are a bit out there and you do have to suspend your disbelief a little bit, some of the stunts these kids get up to, especially around shopping centres and things like that, really impressive, right? Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I definitely enjoyed the way that uh, no matter what obstacle lay before our BMX bandits, they were able to find a way around it or through it or mm. over it or, you know, <laughs> yeah. or, or, you know, or in it or any, you know, anything like that. They, they adapted to their environment pretty quickly. And yeah, and it was, it was done really well. You know, you didn't really notice the stunt riders at Mm. all for me i think they they blended it very seamlessly 
in the scenes where they were required and the staging of of each stunt was was done was done lovely i like the cinematography the way they have that cool those cool shots of like the camera on the wheel like on the spokes down near the ground like you know you're riding with them like i love that kind of stuff i thought that was pretty cool i think my only probably one of my only criticisms of the film Mm -hmm. i have to say is maybe the fact that there was this there's this one chase sequence that just goes forever and like I I wanted to mention this to you because I feel like we're going to be talking about the same chase sequence right yeah so so Kendall is it the one is it sort of like the last sort of not the last one where they're following to get Judy but sort of the one before that yeah so it's when they listen in and they can hear on the walkie talkies and hear where Judy's going because she's going to that sort of shed to grab is that the one you're talking about yeah it starts with yeah it starts with that and then it just escalates from there and just keeps going and going going to the point where even Goose comments on it and says don't those jokers ever take a break (laughs) Um, and so so I don't know yeah, that's like I was just gonna say, is the film commenting? Like, is the film being meta right now and just acknowledging, like, we know this is going on for a while, but there's only so much plot you can throw at a BMX story. The movie is, you know, it hovers around the 90 minute mark, right? Yeah, it does. So, with that pursuit, if we want to say that the pursuit begins with White in Moustache first hearing, where Judy is. So they drive off to meet Judy. If that's the Mm -hmm. start of the chase. Yeah. And it ends when they crash their car and can't go on any further. We do cut away to the kids still doing some stunt work, but if we want to say Mm -hmm. that pursuit ends when they crash their car. Yeah. Did you notice how long that pursuit, you know, bordered by those two events, how long it took? uh no i actually i didn't take like i didn't look at my watch once so despite the fact that i i Mm. realized like i I was kind of maybe feeling the length i didn't look at my watch because i wasn't like no no i'm I'm enjoying myself like so that's the thing like it was still entertaining Mm. but it just felt like we needed a breather from this all going on like we need to kind of just have this because earlier in the film like it kind of it gets to it got to a point where i was like okay, we're like half an hour in and there hasn't been too much BMX riding and then, well, they just made up for it with this <laughs> sequence. Yeah. But I th- in terms of the time, I reckon it's probably not going to be as long as I think it is, isn't it? I'm guessing 20 minutes. You're very close, Kendall. So it, from those two events that I mentioned, it goes for 25 minutes. So oh. it actually goes for almost one third of the movie. Oh my God. Okay. My criticism is valid. <laughs> yeah. But I'm like you though. I wasn't bored by it, but no. I noticed it. Yeah. And I have to yeah. say, I, again, similar to you, sometimes the way that things are plotted or paced is mm-hmm. my main critique of this film. So yeah, whilst totally. those sequences are really good, because let's be honest, they move fast. You're not in the same spot. It's not like they're spending 10 minutes going down an escalator or anything like that. It happens. It's done. They move on. There's a lot of sight gags and cutting to and froze. So it's edited really well. And I, and I can appreciate that. I think kids, especially who love their bikes, getting really inspired and impressed by, by this. 
and why wouldn't you? It's fantastic stunt work. It's great to look at mm-hmm. in terms of advancing a story and so forth. Did it need to go on for that long? Probably not. I feel like sometimes when they feel like they're onto a good thing, they hold it a bit too long. So yeah. even though, you know, we talked about um, the cemetery scene before and talked about some really lovely moments, I actually felt that that was also one of the sequences that went too long. Correct. So yep. some yep. moments were great, but I just felt like it needed, it just needed some trimming. Let's shave a few minutes off that. Let's make it a bit more taut because I'm mm-hmm. losing the tension. I'm losing mm-hmm. the tension. In a totally. Bit. You felt that as well? Yeah, I definitely did. Yeah, for sure. I did. I remember do having a moment when I was watching this, the cemetery sequence of, of like, okay, this is kind of also like going on a bit long, you know? Mm. Um, yeah. Which is, which is fine because again, you, you're still getting these really cool moments, like great character moments, like as we previously discussed yeah. and, and some entertaining chase sequences with Whitey and Mustache dressed in their spooky masks Mm. there's some good comedy in that in that sequence but yeah it's just dragged out for too long and I'm really curious as to why why that is and why they couldn't come up with another plot device or another situation that's like or maybe maybe like a some kind of b plot because there's something maybe something more with the police because there's kind of a little b plot there with the cops that are listening in and, you know, the, the female officer who's having a big laugh, uh, enjoy, enjoying what she's hearing, you know, yeah. maybe they could have gone, gone into that a bit more. I don't know, but yeah, it's just, it's curious as to, as to, unless they just really thought like, or the director really felt that the film shines when the kids are the focus yeah. and when, when the action is center as well. Uh, yeah. So I don't know. Yeah. And you know what? I, I could totally understand that again, being a kid's movie, kids want to see kids on screen. Yeah. And let's be yeah. honest, the kids are the more interesting characters. We've got again, great villains in this. Uh, even the cops are fun as well, but Judy PJ goose, they're the ones I think they really, yeah. really shine in this. And if you're the target demographic, you want to see yourself on screen essentially and i do feel that perhaps some of these sequences were padded out because hey it needs to be feature length and you know 90 minutes is the average of a feature sometimes it feels like that where if they had more material to work with i think some of those sequences would have been trimmed down one could also argue with that pursuit scene we spoke about before that went for 25 minutes it's kind of like well come on it's called bmx bandits you want to see these True. kids on their bikes so you know this is what you're, True. you're you're paying your money at the box office for so i mean i can understand why certain choices were made i don't necessarily know if the film is better for it outside of its target demographic but yeah maybe some more teasing out with the cops like maybe have a bit more involvement with them so that when the kids are finally in the cop shop with them we know more about these police officers but I think what it does is it does what a lot of kids' movies do, and that is the kids are always smarter than the adults. So even law mm-hmm. enforcement, right? Because at the end of the day, to take down the baddies, it's kids rallying together. Yeah. And, oh, boy, do they rally together. <laughs> <laughs> they definitely do. At the end, it's kind of like kids can are more, are more competent than adults. It's kind of like that whole yeah. that whole cynicism, I guess, because, you know, when, when you're a child, your parents don't understand anything. They don't know what you're going through. And, you know, what you're going through is so important and they'll never understand. They've never been through it. And so I think there's always that that idea that 
that kids are always the smartest ones. And I'm not saying that they're not. <laughs> Half the time when I'm in a room of kids, I honestly think that I think, you know, I'm not the sharpest tool in the shed compared to them. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, but I, I guess that that's kind of, again, quite familiar as well, where, where the kids are are the more switched on, I guess, for, for lack of a better phrase. And this definitely shows that. But to the point that even the, the good guys, the cops, are almost treated in the same manner as the crims. Yes, in this one, yes, very true. Um, to really to, to make the kids shine. Another element that I liked of the movie was their choice of when to use music and when to go for more natural sounds. You could hear the bikes hitting the different surfaces as they're tracking. And I thought that that was well done. I liked the balance. Um, mm-hmm. Sound effects were not overused. They were used appropriately. And because of that, music was used appropriately as well. Yeah. Much, yeah. much thoughts on the sound. Yeah. Well, I, I really enjoyed the soundtrack, like the music, the score in this, in this film, just because I, I had to note straight away, like the way the, the intro of the film is done. Like you're, you're straight in there with PJ and Goose on their bikes. They're in color-coordinated outfits that mm. match their bikes. And the music is just, it's, you know, it's full 80s synth kind <laughs> of, you know, it's kind of like a, almost like a precursor to certain aspects of the Top Gun kind of sound, yeah. if that makes sense. Like certain certain sounds that are used, it just, it just really kind of helps to establish the tone of the film and to establish just, I don't know, just the entire vibe that they're really going for. So I really enjoyed moments when the score was used because it was used very well mm. in a lot of the trace sequences, the action sequences of the film. The sound effects for me were hit and miss okay. only because... I didn't find them necessary at all times. Mm-hmm. I get why they were added in, but for me, it just didn't entirely fit in certain, because in certain moments you're like, because that sound effect is kind of like, it's like this whooshing kind yeah. of like superhero sort of sound yeah. um, of them flying by as they, you know, as they jump from one side of something to another. But then you see in the image, they're not moving as fast Mm. as the sound is implying yeah and i don't know if it's just me and my many many years of watching you know (laughs) (laughs) other films that just kind of do this better maybe maybe that's just kind of made my i was a bit too critical i don't know that being said i did enjoy the sound effects Mm. like they weren't i'm glad they're there they're part of the package they're part of what makes this film this film and the, the entire sequence that involved them all going down the water slides was, oh, was how just great. It was just excellent. Like yeah. I, I couldn't know. believe that. I know I couldn't believe that they got up there and got through everything without any, any lifeguards or anyone <laughs> saying these bikes shouldn't be here. But I, I, I kind of enjoyed the humor it brought of just the, the, I don't know, the silliness, if you will, of them going yeah. down with their bikes and then mustache getting pushed down and then he gets his sound effects as he's going down. Like I said, hit and miss sound effects were for me. Yeah. Overall, very enjoyable. Well, I suppose they're there to enforce the ideas that we're making something that's quite cartoonish. Uh, You know, having things that are quite natural and then things that are exaggerated. So, yeah, I can appreciate that it could be hit and miss in, in that regard. I think in terms of when they've used it and the way they've used it, I think for me, 
they worked because I appreciated the tone of the film. It's, yeah, I mean, the, the film is really good because in terms of just getting straight into it, like it does not take yeah, long. Yeah, it really is, yeah. You meet the kids and also before we meet the, the robbers as well, like in the, in the first, what, 10 minutes, we've already had some BMX action. We've met Judy and we've seen a bank robbery. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of like, okay, yeah, these are the players, let's go. So I think it sets up. Yep that well but Kendall overall did you have a favorite moment line or performance in BMX Bandits oh oh gosh that's such a good such a good question I mean for me in terms of lines like I kind of really liked there's a or maybe in terms of just moments maybe I can just combine the two Mm. for a second because it's something we haven't touched on yet there was this lovely kind of comeuppance moment for Judy's former boss, I believe. The one that sacks her and, you know, and they're talking about like, you know, well, that's not fair. And he's like, oh, that that's life. It's not fair. You know, blah, mm. blah, blah. That, that old chestnut. And, you know, he throws that in there in the kids' faces and it's, you know, and he's a bit, he's a bit of a grouch and don't really like him. He's not giving her a fair go because, you know, it wasn't really her fault. But anyway. And so then there's this great moment later on, you know, during that chase sequence, where they're going back through the mall and then (laughs) yeah and then of course that same boss is 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 walking around and stuff and then um he I can't I've I've blanked on what the what actually happens but there is a a, there's something that causes him to kind of yell at Whitey as he's going past and he goes that's not fair and then (laughs) and then Whitey says that's life pal (laughs) and I'm just like I just loved, I just love that moment of like, yes, even a bloody criminal doesn't like you once, you know, has the, has the one up on you really. Yeah. Has this idea of social justice. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I just thought that was really funny. And then another, another little moment slash performance that we haven't really talked about yet is at the end of the chase sequence. I just really, really enjoyed. There's this part where like whitey and mustache's car is basically done yeah and mustache has gotten out of the car because i think he's chasing the kids on foot i think and and then there's just this moment of just like whitey realizing he can drive the car (laughs) and it just for me it just added to how much i really enjoyed david argue's performance in this character because it was something that didn't even need to be there. No. It wasn't a part of the plot. Yep. It wasn't part of the story or anything or, or what was happening. It was just, you know, finally his moment has arrived and he <laughs> takes the wheel and he starts trying to drive around and, and then it's just a complete shambles and I just loved it so much. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I thought it was great. The glee on his face <laughs> is just wonderful yeah definitely a great performance from david argue there again like i think he and john lay do such a wonderful job in terms of playing these over-the-top cartoonish villains and look i do even have to say brian marshall as the boss even you know you can tell he's sort Mm -hmm. of in his in his zone there (laughs) he's enjoying it there but for me if i had a a favorite moment or, or performance or line I'm also going to merge them all into one and just say James Lugton as Goose. I just, just as the film went on, loved him even more and more and more. Mm -hmm. I'm like you. I love his stories, the timing of them. (laughs) 
<laughs> as so well. Great. His gag about the Mormons always walking in pairs just <laughs> wet myself. Um, but he had just so many gorgeous moments. There's also this one moment when they're all together and, and it's dark and they've got their candles and he's telling his story. And then he um, talks about, you know, something attacking in the dark or something. And he goes to blow out the candle and the flame doesn't extinguish. Yeah. And you just see this slight smoke on his face and then he blows it again and it goes. And I just yeah. feel like that that's a blooper left in because it's still true to character. It's so beautifully done. Mm-hmm. So I just feel that what James Lockton brings to the role, just, mm-hmm. it just, it works. It is just so sure. perfect. So yeah, anything with Goose, I'm all for it. Yeah. And in terms of the stunts with the bikes, I, look, I like the final the final chase when they're with that foam fertilizer and things like that and yeah. all rally together. Yeah, I just, it's cool. it, it, there's something quite sweet. But yeah, definitely down the water slide, let's go. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of fun. Like, yes, yeah. that whole sequence was really long, but gosh, it had some golden nuggets in there, I think. I think done mm-hmm. really, really well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And actually, um, just a bit of trivia. You know, when they're going down the escalators on their bikes and we cut to this little blonde boy who's really excited and amazed at what he's seeing. It's actually yeah. the director's son, which is kind of sweet. Oh, that's <laughs> yeah. cool. That's really cute. Nice. Yeah. yeah. But overall, Kendall, your final comments and a score out of five. Yeah, Beam Expanded is a, is a film that I wasn't expecting to enjoy as much as I ended up enjoying, that's for sure. Like, it's just a lot of fun from start to finish. Again, not a perfect film by any means. There's definitely some flaws to it. But that does not ruin the experience at all because you've got some great characters in here portrayed by some very talented actors, you know, and not just Nicole Kidman, of course, because, mm. you know, it's easy, easy to focus on her because of who she is now. But, you know, at the time, she's just one, for me, she's just one of a, a great ensemble cast I think these kids are, are outstanding the villains are outstanding even the the police make for quite a you know funny little aside moments which are which are good and I kind of liked the just there's, there's that one scene where the chief is kind of interrogating the kids and just being very kind of now you listen here son like it's just <laughs> and it was very cliched but I enjoyed I enjoyed that performance as well so there's yeah there's a lot to love in here I mean, yeah, some things could be done to maybe tighten up the pacing a little bit, but they do still find ways within some slower moments to still keep you focused and keep you enjoying the ride. Yeah, yeah, it's good. And then, you know, it gets happy ending, bad guys are caught and the kids get their long desired BMX track. So there's nothing, nothing bad to say about that. That's for sure. So as for my score out of five, I think I will have to give BMX Bandits a three out of five. Nice one. I pretty much agree with you on all of those points, Kendall. I think it's quite a fun movie. I think that, yeah, there could have been some trimming just to make it just a little bit more taut. I don't think that would have been a bad thing, actually. I don't think, you know, if you shaved even 10 minutes off it, not a bad thing whatsoever. But the action sequences are done really well. I think the stunts are done incredibly well. It's really impressive. Definitely makes me want to jump back on the bike. Hell yeah. <laughs> um, I, I, yeah, I can imagine a, a lot of kids just being really wide-eyed and 
enthusiastic about this movie and about all the the visuals there. I think it's so beautifully shot. The cinematography and editing is absolutely gorgeous, showcasing both stunt work and also Sydney. Um, The film originally was supposed to be shot in Melbourne, but they were like, well, no, you know, Sydney's got more landscape, I guess, to play with at the time anyway <laughs> not so much these days but anyway yeah. uh but but you know but, but but i think they've done that to good effect you've got city you've got suburbs you've got beach it just all comes together really really well it's quite a beautiful postcard for sydney really i think and definitely yeah i think aesthetically it looks beautiful i agree with you about the performance as well but i just can't get over how great the kids are it's just so well cast and they're so charming. And I think that they are the core and the key to this film. So I think that focusing on them, yes, some other characters, it's at their expense. But you know what? I'm actually okay with that because I think that there's just such magic in these three kids and the way they perform, the dynamics. I just, yeah, I think it all comes together really well. So I did quite enjoy this movie a lot. So one of the film's more famous fans is a gentleman by the name of Quentin Tarantino who really enjoys this movie and wow. yeah and he compares it to another movie about kids evading some crooks called The Goonies and uh. he goes as far as to say that he thinks BMX Bandits is better than The Goonies I don't quite agree with you <laughs> Mr Tarantino <laughs> Them's kind of fighting. Yeah, can't agree. Them's fighting words. Yes. But I do love yes. that the film has a fan um, like Quentin Tarantino. And look, he's a fan of Australian cinema, especially mm. the exploitation era. And so the 70s and 80s as well. So I think that's always great to get a shout out. And I know he's, you know, had a screening of it as well, really wanting to <laughs> people know about this movie, which is kind of that's cool. Right. This, you that's know, this, cool. this gorgeous movie that, that could and did and has now endured. But you know what? I agree also. Like, I think Nicole Kidman is great in this. It's not hard to see that she's got yeah. this natural talent talent and it's totally. not surprising to see where her talent would take her mm-hmm. right but it's just overall just a gorgeous film and really well cast so and it's great to see um someone as amazing as nicole kidman start out in a movie that is really good but i think the film in itself can stand on its own i think it's good enough to find an audience and to have a bit of a following i think it deserves a, a following to be perfectly honest, I think 80s kids should keep watching this forever and show it to to their kids. <laughs> yes. I, I think it's a movie that has every right to endure. Not perfect, but definitely a lot of fun. So four stars from me for BMX Bandits. Nice. nice. Awesome. <laughs> so, Kendall, that was one movie that we saw over lockdown. Did you have a film or a TV show you've been watching that you'd like to recommend? Yes, yes. Well, I've been watching many, many things, of course, because mm. what is what else is there to do? But it's a good opportunity to introduce oneself to films you wouldn't normally watch. In case in point, this one, which is a Danish film mm. called The Hunt, mm-hmm. which stars Maz Mikkelsen in the in the lead role, and it's a very heavy kind of drama film. Basically, uh, Maz Mikkelsen's playing this beloved kindergarten teacher who becomes the centre of a scandal because of one of his students has let a lie 
get away from her about mm. something that definitely didn't happen. But who's one to believe, a, a, a beautiful doe-eyed five-year-old or the older gentleman who is apparently been nothing but wonderful um mm. but you know we've got to believe the kids so it's done in such a wonderful kind of like it really pisses you off just how frustrating it gets seeing this lie spin out of control just exponentially just and ruin his life it's so it's 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 tragic but it is done in just such a genius way and thomas Vinterberg is such a great director I would also recommend another round, which also stars Mads Mikkelsen that Thomas Vinterberg directed that won the best foreign film at this year's Oscars. Cause yeah, he just has a knack for kind of these human stories really. Um, and yeah, it was just a beautiful film. I was able to rent it through my Amazon prime subscription. So I would highly recommend people check out the hunt, but yeah, it is, a does, tackle some he- a heavy subject matter but it is a film absolutely worth your time four and a half stars from me on that one wow kindle i do have to say mm. that i have seen the hunt and hey yeah and uh, i've seen it twice actually oh cool and i agree with you i think it's a fantastic movie and mm. it's one of those films that inspires a conversation that i don't think we really want to have <laughs> really about yeah do you always believe children and is that problematic and mm. why are we more suspicious of men than women who look after children or who are trusted yeah. to care for children well there are reasons why that is so but then why do we then automatically point fingers and, you know, it's just, it's, you can spiral into this yeah. conversation that can just, um, you know, trigger off into other conversations. And I think they're actually important conversations to have. And I think sure. The Hunt is a fantastic movie because it inspires uncomfortable conversations. Mm-hmm. And um, so I'm glad that you've seen it and, and yeah. I'm glad that you enjoyed it. You're right. It's not the most comfortable movie to watch, but for no. me, <laughs> cinema that makes you uncomfortable is the best type of cinema because that's what art should do. Absolutely. Yeah. So, oh yeah, I'm glad you watched, I'm glad you saw The Hunter. Yeah. 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 We, we got similar tastes, Kendall. <laughs> yes. We definitely, we definitely do. Is there any, any uh, great films you've been watching you'd like to recommend? Well, I've been yeah watching quite a few things actually, but I wanted to, and I don't really know if this is recommend or just brag and get it out of my system, but this week I finally finished watching my all-time favourite Australian soap opera. <laughs> so this is a show that I grew up watching as a kid because, again, in the 80s you were not censored from anything. <laughs> you could watch everything and that's the Australian drama called Prisoner and I've revisited that and it's actually taken me a few years because I'm not much of a binger and it ran for eight seasons and 692 episodes so I (laughs) watched all of those and it's a fantastic series a lot of fun um, but some really intense and dramatic moments as well also considering that it was predominantly made in the 80s so it was filmed from like 79 to 86 the types of conversations they're having especially in terms of how women are represented is quite groundbreaking in that regard but also when it deals with race 
It does mm. it in an incredibly confronting way that you would not do it these days because we just don't have this language, but we see some characters behave incredibly ugly towards an Indigenous woman who is an inmate because there's just no exposure to people who are not Caucasian in this world that they inhabit. And so it's funny that the language is, again, really confronting and ugly, but the writers do it to start this conversation because mm-hmm. you've got people who are incredibly racist and then others who are not bigoted whatsoever and even characters who we see as villains are not racist. So we see them with some complexity and things like that. And that's just one example of a plot line that probably only goes for like, you know, 10 episodes. Um, so Prisoner was one of the most influential shows I've ever seen. It definitely shaped um, my opinion on on different things as well. You had exposure to LGBTQ characters. Um, you had exposure to sex workers, all portrayed sympathetically, power struggles and power dynamics. So I don't know, it was very progressive in its time. It has a huge cult following still. Um, some of the plot lines are incredibly ludicrous, but played straight. So it's quite campy in some elements as well. And yeah, and it's also been re-envisioned as a, another wonderful TV series called Wentworth which is currently airing its final season, which I'm also watching in lockdown. Look, it's hard to give a show like Prisoner (laughs) a score out of five, but holds a lot of sentimental value for me. Also, my first teacher um, at university who was charged with teaching me writing, his first writing job was on Prisoner. So when his name came up in the opening, it just made me feel quite warm and fuzzy. The late, great Robert Greenberg, who was the first person to teach me about writing in university and cut his teeth on Prisoner as well. So I can't really score the show because I'm just going to say five stars, right? Even though it's probably not not worthy of it. There's quite a few episodes that just dip and are incredibly boring. But overall, um, it's (laughs) it's quite an investment. And look, it's a lot of episodes to watch. And I bet you I'm going to watch them again at some point too. <laughs> can you know? Yeah, definitely. Check it out if you feel like we're going to be in lockdown forever and yeah. you've got time to kill, go for it. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Well, Kendall, thanks for joining me oh, for this uh, lockdown special. Oh, a pleasure. Yeah. I mean, look, we're in lockdown, so having each other just makes it that little bit better, doesn't it? It definitely does. It yeah. definitely does. I know the first yeah. time we did our first batch of lockdown specials, I thought, oh, yeah, this will this will be it. <laughs> yeah. But, but Oh, how we were wrong. <laughs> absolutely. But but here we are, and hopefully yeah. um, our beautiful listeners are enjoying our company as well and yes. are happy to follow our recommendations and what to watch during lockdown just to help pass the time a bit because in lockdown you need – art and artistic expressions more than ever i think 100 yes so absolutely. thank you for joining me kendall oh thank you for having me it has been wonderful as usual uh, always a pleasure so until the next lockdown <laughs> or until the next lockdown <laughs> special <laughs> i've been a wayne stellini and i've been a kendall richardson and you've just experienced fred watch
Cure music. Only, only Phil can do <laughs> the outro. Absolutely. Only Phil. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, hopefully we'll have him back soon. <laughs> yes. <laughs> get some, just get some BMX synths going. Just like, yeah. <laughs> and same. Oh, that was fun. Yeah, it was a great discussion. We made it happen. Yeah. Blooper reel. Yeah. Alrighty. Yeah. Well, I'm going to record on Audacity now. So that's yep. recording. All right. And so am I recording as well. Beautiful. We'll do a one, two, three clap just to sync. And then, yep. then we'll go when we're ready. All right. Sounds good. Okay. Alrighty, so one, two, one, two, two, three. three. <laughs> that was really bad. Do we want to go again? That was terrible. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. One, one, two, two three. Three. That was horrendous, but let's just see what happens. Okay. <laughs> that that sound that was better than the first one. So, oh, and that's saying a lot. <laughs> <laughs> You'll be able to sync us up. It's fine. Okay. I have, I have faith. I have okay, faith. you fool. Although, if you if you <laughs> if you if you end up just using Zoom, you won't have to worry about that. So. Yeah, I think that's why I was like, kind of Zoom needs to be my my safety net. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Ready. Ready. Okay, and join me with the hellos. Yeah, I will. Okay. All right. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. Hello. Oh, no, you've frozen. Oh, God. <laughs> have I unfrozen? Okay. You have, but you're lagging. Oh, that's so annoying. Yeah, only a little bit now. I don't know why. It okay. was fine just before. But you're fine. Okay, or you think you're fine now. I'm okay? Yeah, you're good now. Okay. Okay. All right. We'll see how we go. See how we go. Lord. Yes. Technology. <laughs> Technology. Fun. BMX and it's a long one. <laughs> it is. <laughs> you got it. And mm-hmm. that's come on with some some rewrites and and the director's intervention because he wasn't the original direction. Well, I don't know which which villain it is, but there's a line in the in the the bank rubbering, uh, rubbering. That's not a word. <laughs> Pure genuine moment. That's actually mm-hmm. how. That's 